This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me as usual are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we've got three main reviews to talk about. We're going to kick off with Alone at Night. Then we have another Bigfoot movie, Summoning the Spirit. And we're going to round off with Rage. Uh, Then we have our D3, uh, excuse me. And then we have our short shot, which is Indiana Jones versus Uncharted versus Tomb Raider. That may sound familiar to some people. This is the sequel. And then we're going to round off with our DTV throwback, Splinter. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film, then, is Alone at Night. Now, guys, this is, um, you know... So sometimes I have to write my own sort of little synopsis before we sort of, uh, you know, get into the review and that. So I had a quick look on IMDb and this is what it offered me. Quarantine leads to a night of terror. Mm, I think we may, maybe yeah. need to embellish that a little <laughs> bit, I think. So uh, what we have here is a young woman is lent a holiday lodge by her best friend to stay during lockdown and spends her time working as a cam girl. However, not everything is rosy. One of her clients refuses to show his face and someone seems to be breaking into the house. Um, so this is an interesting one. So at, at, the, at its heart is a typical woman at home, you know, single location kind of thing. We've, we've done loads of these guys, as you know. Um, but there are one or two little quirks about this one. So the cast boasts both Paris Hilton and Pamela Anderson. Uh, Pamela Anderson plays the local sheriff. Um, she doesn't have a lot to do, uh, a few scenes. Um, and then we've got Paris Hilton, who is doing one of these reality TV shows being shown on on the TV. Um, and it, it, it's somewhere between Big Brother and Love Island, I guess. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. And she's the host. And, and I must admit, it is quite funny. Um, sort of some of those bits, uh, quite quite amusing. And they just sort of pop up out of nowhere, don't they? Sort of as, as the film's sort of going on to sort of break up things. Um, but other than that, the actual, you know, the meat of the film, I guess, is as common as muck it's it's well shot it's well acted but it's nothing we haven't seen a hundred times before and if it wasn't for the cast and you know this little quirkiness to it i think it would be pretty forgettable um steve what do you make of uh, alone at night um I, yeah pretty forgettable to be fair i mean i don't get why they have the reality show aspects of it to me, it it breaks it up too much. Mm. You you're building a bit of tension. With, you know, there's like three possible, three or four possible guys that could be the, this killer or whatever. Yeah. And uh, these stupid bits come up that just annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> See, I w- I was wondering 
I, I was wondering if the two were going to merge, you know, if, if maybe that was, you know, that yeah. reality thing was like in one of the lodges down the road and she's going to run there and like crash it, you know, but no, it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's its own it thing doesn't. all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it was just pointless. There's no, it, it was, I don't know if they just thought, oh, we'll stick it in just to, just to pad out the, the film to the running time or whatever. But to me, it just made no sense at all. It took away from the tension, you know, the suspense with the horror story, mm. which was fine, you know, which was pretty decent on its own. But then you've got you know, like five, ten minute breaks, and it's like, no, doesn't make sense. I mean, <laughs> like you say, if it had merged or if it had joined together, it, fair enough, then. Yeah, but it just made no sense whatsoever. I mean, Ashley Benson, I thought, was pretty damn, was pretty good. I'll, I'll, hmm. I've seen her a few things. She's, you know, she's quite good. The one that got me was uh, Louise Guzman. Um, yes, yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah. He, he, was, he was great, you know, but that's what I mean. That's, that's, again, that's another, well, not angle, but it's another thing to take you out of the story as well. Hmm. You know, you, the three, you, know, you style the horror movie, then you've got like the webcam in bit, then you've got the reality show, and it's just like, I know, let's mash it all together, chuck it in a blender, see what comes out, but they all come out separately again, and yeah, it didn't really work for me. Indeed. How about you, Rich? How did you get on with Alone at Night? Well, um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's things that I got on okay with about it. Um, I'm I'm a conservative sort, so the the whole all, all the um, sort of overt sort of cam girl stuff was uh, a little bit off-putting. Although you know I I can appreciate it contemporizes it and you know it makes it very mm -hmm. modern and you know uh, the you know it does give something different to it. Like you say, it's like so it is a sort of a quirky aspect, an intriguing aspect, or whatever for what is essentially a mainstream film. To to have that content in it, um, but like you say, the rest of it is is fairly standard stuff. All the the, the like Lewis Guzman stuff and whatever is like, uh, I do wonder if that's like you know quarantine sort of induced uh, initiative of you know trying to take that sort of hmm. uh, cameo sort of approach to to making a making a film where where you, where you, where you essentially shoot um, shoot the actors. Uh, you know, independently of each other over the, over these cameras or whatever. It's, it's a it's a uh, sensible sort of exploitation movie kind of approach, it, yeah. given the constraints. Uh, the slasher movie stuff is kind of a, is kind of okay um, for what it is. The the Pamela Anderson as Francis McDormand in Fargo kind of stuff is is a is sort is sort of interesting, but it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, there's there's like a couple of scenes of sort of banter, uh, and, and and that's pretty much it. Uh, the twists are uh, okay. What what bugs me though was it was that reality TV thing, hmm. uh, and how they decide to conclude the film um, without yeah. wanting to without wanting to say anything or whatever. There's there's a thing they do, which um, uh, I did I just didn't get on with, it and I was sort of like no, yeah. <laughs> sometimes no. I know. You've you've yeah. sort of you've you've pushed it you've pushed it too far there. Um, I didn't think I didn't think those bits actually really added to the film, and they they tried to make more of it. Um, 
I mean, they are, that, that, that was their that way is... of trying to tie it all together, wasn't it? Right, right at the end, because yeah, you never, you never really going. even sure she's watching it. You know, you, during the what the film, you're not even sure that she's actually watching that show. It's just there, yeah. and it's only well, at they the do end show that her they, watching, don't they? 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 There are a couple of scenes yeah. where she's yeah, well, and, but, and well, she that... talks about it with one of the other characters. And... But even so, that that just makes the ending make even less sense. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I say. They, they try yeah. to do something at the end, yeah. which bugs me, and I don't, I don't Very think much. it works. And that sort of, I think they should have ended it a little bit earlier. Yeah, uh, and not done that thing that they did. <laughs> so um, without just wanting to spoil it for anyone who yeah, yeah. does see it, but the yeah, so I think yeah, I think it's trying to take something quite familiar. It's throwing all these other elements. At it. I mean, the reality TV thing. I mean, come on. I mean. That's not novel. Other loads of other films have been doing that since the early two thousands. The it is interesting to see another. It is interesting to see another quarantine film, and you know another film about lockdown or set during lockdown. Um, You know, there aren't that many yet. I mean, we we had the Harbinger, which which we all really liked. Um, There's also one which hasn't come here, which went straight to HBO. Let's, Let's slip my mind now what it was called. Um, that was supposed to be a good one as well. <laughs> That's just so vague. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, been, there's been a handful. Uh, there was a Canadian one called Camping Trip, which which I covered on on my other website. Um, you know, it, it's been a small handful of them, and of course, Host. Um, sort yeah. of set during lockdown. So, but yeah, not too many people have sort of really sort of dug into the. You know how you can exploit the sort of horror of that situation just yet. Mm. Maybe it's still too fresh for a lot of people. There was also the. I mean, I will say some of the. I mean, I think there were too many suspects, mm. but some of that, some of the suspect stuff was really well done. Uh, you know, some of the the uh, the guy. I mean, considering she's out there on her own, she bumps into a hell of a lot of people. <laughs> but um, there's quite a few. Um, uh, I did there's, like... There's like the guy who comes to fix the um, broken. Oh yeah, uh, broken line. I thought he was yeah. he was quite good. And then there was the the, the neighbor the brother guy, of a friend, the brother of a friend. I thought, I thought he was brother of a friend and stuff. There were so many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so some some you know it's, it's some likable actors in it. Um, yeah. You know, it is well shot. Uh, I, I did like the main character. I thought she was quite you know. She had this sort of her own sort of sexual agency. She she was in control of everything she did with the with the cam girl stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and and when you know she is threatened towards the end, she's able to, you know, use this situation, you know, or to exploit the situation to try and free herself, which I thought was quite good. Um, so there's a lot going for it. Um, quick aside about the director, uh Jimmy uh Giannopoulos. We've mm-hmm. covered one of his previous films before. Do you yeah. guys remember us covering a film called The yeah. Birthday Cake? Yeah, yeah, that was the um, that was the Val Kilmer one, wasn't it? One with the Val one Kilmer, yeah. but yeah, it's like, it's like a, yeah, which yeah. was a very different film. Very different well, film. That yeah, was yeah. also put out by um, Signature Entertainment, same as this. Yeah, one. I believe so. Yeah, but yeah, very, very, totally different kind of film. Um, you know, I think he, well, he he co-wrote this one. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure he co-wrote the other one as well, or wrote the other one. So yeah, versatile at the very least. <laughs> Certainly given that. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I thought when going into this film, you know, considering the the how sort of female centric it is, that the hmm. director would have been 
or, you know, it, would, it was like a written and directed by a woman, but it isn't. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was uh, say it's um, mm -hmm. old it's, Jimmy. It's, it's yeah. this. It's this guy. <laughs> Yeah, um, but so yeah, the birthday cake, which also had Ewan McGregor, um, yeah, that's right, was a um, yeah, it was a like a gangster movie, so a very different kind of hmm. film film to this. I I did I think I like that one. I think we did. out of the two, they're very yeah. different, but I think hmm. I I like that one more as a, as a whole film. Hmm. Um, I, I I think I agree. I think this one's a bit too you know it, 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 there's two different elements and they they don't mesh really at all. So yeah, how are we going to score it? Over to Steve. I'll give it a six. Mm -hmm. Yeah, spot on, I believe, is a six as well. And Rich? Ooh, see, I don't feel like a six. I'm going to sort of sit on the fence with a bit of a five, I think. All right. Two sixes and a five for Alone at Night. Go check it out. Our next review is Summoning the Spirit. Carla and Dean decide to escape the hustle of the big city, purchasing a home in the remote forest. They have big plans for their new quiet life, only to find something much more sinister. The couple quickly realize that they are on the land of a cult, and the leader claims a telepathic connection to a legendary flesh-eating beast deep in the woods surrounding them. Uh, okay, guys, so I only managed to watch the first 15 minutes of this, unfortunately. I never got a chance to, to finish it off. Um, so it has an interesting sort of prologue, a um, bit confusing prologue, actually, because they think, you know, what the hell is this couple doing? Um, but that was kind of interesting in itself. And then we meet the couple. Um, they suffer a bit of a tragedy early on and then start meeting um, people who I think they sort of initially believed to be sort of or assume they're some sort of like new age hippie commune kind of thing and then i imagine things sort of take a more sinister turn so um over to see what did you make of summoning the spirit um not great to be fair it's um it's one of them where you got the typical yuppie-ish couple uh obviously like i say going through a bit of a tragedy nice and Tied at the start, and then they bump into these annoying, hippie, trippy, you know, mm. cult people. And in the last 15 minutes, it all goes to shit. And that's basically about it. I mean, did you say you'd seen the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. So you've seen how bad the, the monster <laughs> is. I like so. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know, we've seen better, but I, I, what I what I liked was the speed of of, of that particular attack. You know, it was, it, it, I mm. thought that was pretty good, and then it suddenly cuts very quickly. So you know, yeah. But but we've seen better for sure, um, yeah, especially with the big, I mean, trap and things like that. It's it's probably made for three hundred quid and a roller roller seller tip, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a bit uninspiring because, like you say, it's one of them. You've got two main characters who are okay, but then. All the others are just annoying. And, yeah, you know, probably supposed to be, but it doesn't help when you can't stand the characters. Yeah. And, it, you know, you've got no one to care about. You don't give a shit what happens to any of them. And you, can see, you can't see the ending coming a mile off from the beginning. And there's nothing original. I mean, it's shot quite well. Like you say, at the beginning... You know, the speed of it, I think, is just to kind of cover up mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, you don't you don't want to be you don't want to be stood you don't want to be stood studying the thing for, no, for exactly. any length of time. Yeah, exactly. And then it kind of does that at the end, but you do see more of it at the end, and it mm-hmm. just it's just so uninspiring. It yeah, it just might be flat, really. Uh, Rich, we we have covered quite a few Bigfoot movies over the last couple of years. Um, how did this one fare with you? I don't think. Well, I say the Bigfoot part is kind of a bit like when we watched. Um, what was the last one we watched? Where it was the two guys oh, the, in the, the Bigfoot trap. Yeah, yeah. Big Bigfoot trap. Yeah, it was kind of. It's kind of another one of those ones where it's not really about that. Yeah. Um. The the Bigfoot is there, and and unlike the um the Bigfoot trap, they they do just basically put it front and center as soon as the film starts so there's yeah, no yeah. question whatsoever but that's not really and the film does you know it cuts back to uh, it, either walking around the woods or actually doing you know doing something throughout the film which obviously bring come comes towards the end but the uh the the, the main crux of the film is is uh is say this encounter with the cult and all this sort of stuff. so i think you um I really liked it, and I think you would have um, really liked it, Mike, if you'd have um, had a chance sure. to to see the whole thing because of you know I know you, you're interested in all this. Stuff. You know, remember the Devil to Pay? Yes. Where yes. she went and, and she encountered that group, and yeah. I think there was like a they were you I don't know if were they using like a dr- a drug or something, and they were some, uh, I can't remember what it was they were. acid or something, wasn't it? Yeah, acid yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was some, it. Uh, yeah, acid. So yeah. There's there's something a bit like that in this. Hmm. Uh, and uh, the the other film, uh, Jug Face, is another one that came to mind. Mm-hmm. And also, but on the flip side of that, do you remember that that comedy we watched, King Knight? King Knight. I was, that, I was thinking of that. Yeah, that was something. Yeah. You know, so the, 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 the surgeon, you didn't yeah, like it, Steve? Yeah, Matthew Gray Goobler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he was like the leader of this group and and stuff, yeah. and they were all mm-hmm. it was all it was all very quirky and stuff. Yeah. I liked that, but the um, I did. That's that's this is that <laughs> a lot of that in, in, is is that stuff, but it's um not 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 played for laughs. You know, it's ah. it, some of it's just sort of quirky, funny, but uh, but it is you know it's not meant to be a comedy or anything. But the uh, the whole setup and the characters and that are very very similar. But then in this in this story, we've actually got the focus on some external characters. These, uh, like you say, the yeah. the couple that encounters them and gets drawn into their yeah, you know, I, I imagine kind that's of kind of how it how it goes is the fact that they 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 exploit their tragedy as as a way of sort of saying, well, we can help heal you, or you know, or, or something. And I suppose that sort of drags them in. Yeah, I think they do sort of. I mean, they do kind of give them more of the time of day than than seems reasonable. But you know, I just sort of go with it. It is a quirky film, uh, and mm. it's you know, it's structured quite in. It's got quite a. Um, uh, I say it's it's quite alter. It's a bit like an alternative kind of. It's not particularly mainstream in in some of its approach, yeah. but it's it's not too. It's kind of sits nicely on the fence. It doesn't go too far. It's not. It doesn't feel like it's really pretentious or trying too hard to be like like the Wicker Man or something like that. But right. it's definitely skirting in that territory, uh, and like Jugface and things like that. I think it's not. It's not a. Um, creature featurey kind of movie that this is this is the work of what i consider to be quite skilled filmmakers um the um the music as well the, the, there's very clever use of like quite discordant music mm-hmm. throughout the film where it was, it's, it's all about sort of keeping it 
keeping you unsettled and you know some really strange stuff happens in the movie and you just kind of have to go with it and some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't but i think it if um it really yeah it's it's hard one to sort of sum up i think to an extent but what i would say is i it was not what i was expecting it took me by surprise and it was a pleasant surprise i think this is this is a film that is more than it seems to be on the outside and, and would perfectly sit alongside some of the more uh, esoteric, know, esoteric, esoteric <laughs> yeah, some of the more esoteric mainstream films that have garnered attention uh, in recent years. So, um, you know, I, I can't say I can't say Midsummer because I haven't seen Midsummer or or something like that. But you know, it's 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 got that sort of folk. Um, I was folk about to say, yeah, thing, thing sounds, going it on. sounds like a bit of a sort of, sort of folk horror one. Yeah, it's really. I thought it was really, really interesting. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm expecting very different scores for this. Then, uh, yeah. Steve. Steve, what do you reckon? A five and uh, Rich. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to give it an eight. I think I thought it was. Well, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. The guy, the guy who made it, um, John, uh, John Garcia. Yeah. He's got quite a long uh, filmography, but no, nothing I've really seen. He's directed right. this. He's got 15 directorial credits. Um, Say nothing. I've really uh, see again. Sort of seems quite diverse in the sort of stuff that he does. But I'm definitely interested to see some of that work. Yeah. Um, he doesn't. He definitely doesn't seem to be like, sort of a horror a horror director. He's he's sort of there's there's definitely a, an emphasis on some drama, uh, I think, and that's that's sort of reflected in in this film was which in the horror film the horror parts, the actual sort of nor you know the sort of you know, sort of killy, sort of you know, the bloody moments, yeah. and more punctuation marks than than, right. than what the sort of main film is about. The 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 better horror is the sort of the the more subtle stuff. I think, yeah, it's, it's, I do. I really highly recommend people go check it out. I must admit, I'm just looking through his his um, his filmography as a director. I can't see anything that, that I've seen. Um, There's a but, mixture um, of shorts and sort yeah. of mainstream stuff of, of on a variety of, a variety of different themes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of it including horror elements. So um, yeah. yeah, he definitely sort of to, works in yeah. that sort of low budget sort of mid to low, mid to low budget, possibly micro budget sort of area. Um, this has got a nice look to it. It's got nice music and they'd say the, the cast. I thought were all I really liked the whole cast. You know, the, the characters that were supposed to be sort of irritating were. But that was by design. Uh, I, I think you know there's some really uh, interesting characterizations. And there's like one who's like uh, really, you know, she sort of, sort of seems quite sweet, and then she just throws the toys out the ram about something really <laughs> innocuous and stuff like that. Um, they've got there's some really funny, but sort of it's it's say like King Knight, it's sort of like dialogue that you would. It seems funny, but it's not intended that way, and you don't sort of right. take you don't laugh at the film. But it's it's just sort of odd, but it's it's um, not off-putting and all that you know. Sort of you just sort of ride with the quirks. I think if you if you, you can sort of, if you can sort of get into the rhythm of it, yeah. I think I think it might have set put. I might put you know. I think it will be a bit of a marmite kind of thing. Some people just wouldn't get on with it. Um, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Case in point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I am intrigued. I do I do want to sort of finish watching it. I must admit and. Uh... Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I get time to do so. But that is a five and an eight for summoning the spirit. Go check it out. Our next film is Rage. 
What is supposed to be the best holiday of their lives turns to horror as a group of teenagers are picked off one by one in a small coastal village. It took me ages to figure out where this was set. I was really yeah. struggling with the accents in this. It turns out it is, I mean, it's South Africa. So, South Africa, yeah. But, but it did take me a long time. I'm thinking, is this an, you know, the, with the um, the opening bit, which is sort of set at this nightclub kind of thing, yeah. and it's been narrated by one uh, one of the girls, and I'm thinking, oh, it's English. And then later on in the film, I'm thinking, no, it's it's Australian. <laughs> and then by about the, so the last bit, I'm like, all right, okay, yeah, it's it's, it's South African. And then, and then it's like, yeah. they're, they're speaking Dutch. No, no, it's not Dutch, it's Afrikaans. It, it's Afrikaans, yeah, exactly. <laughs> by that point, I'm like, oh, okay, I've got it. Um, I shall talk about this myself in a sec, but I'm throwing it over to Steve. What did you make of Rage? You just can't be having a drink of water. <laughs> Sorry. Um, to be honest, I found this very similar to something in the spirit. Okay. Um, you've got the group. Oh, it's not a couple, but you've got a group of teenagers mm. in a different setting than what they normally are. And yeah, again, it's it's something we've seen a million times before. You know, group of teenagers, spooky vocals, blah blah blah. You know that kind of thing. Um, and again, I didn't really like the characters. I thought they were quite annoying. There's the old lady, yep. who I thought was quite decent. Mm-hmm. She was actually, you know, seemed to be pretty all right. But the others were just narcissistic. Mm-hmm. You know, alkies or whatever, you know, killing the tits off and stuff like that. Typical teenagers, mate. Basically, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Typical privileged teenagers who, who can swan yeah. off to, you know, the summer house kind of kind of thing. That's that's what we're yeah. talking about, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it it takes does take a while to get going as well. I thought mm. um, it was like forty five minutes in before you kind of get. A, a grasp, a grasp of what they're doing and what's happening. And again, I've just found it a bit of fun. I mean, some of the, the kills are quite good, uh, especially when like the girl escapes, you know, the other girl escapes and then yep. gets caught again, shall we say, in the, in the truck. Yeah. But one thing that's, that, that's annoying me, not just with this, but a lot of stuff at the minute, it's the very last shot. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not in the minute, really. It's been going on for years, but there seems to be a lot of them in the minute. Is the very last shot is telling you that it's still bad. You know what I mean? It's oh, not. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes it works. Sometimes it really doesn't. You know, mm. I, I watched um, a film on Shudder the other night called Death Valley, which was a, very similar to The Lair. You know that one we covered the other yeah. week? The, the, um, yeah. Neil Marshall one. Neil Marshall one. A bit similar to that. Um, but it sort of robs you of any catharsis right at the last shot. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you didn't need to do that. He could he could have just, you know, let things go to the nat- natural conclusion. Um, everyone goes away happy. But it's like, oh, no, no, you've got to twist it one last time. You know, and I, yeah. I, I get exactly what you mean. They could have, you know, she could have got into that car and it could have all been fine. Um but no, no, no. It's a final shot, as you say. Yeah, just the same. The one the other week in the, uh, the, the Victorian prison. Mm. Yeah. Exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, very last shot. It just seems to be just popping up quite a lot at the minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, having said that, what this was made what three years ago was it? Twenty twenty. This one was yeah. So, so this yeah. was a TV movie for for a cable channel in um, in South Africa, I guess. It's basically the equivalent of a Netflix movie. I mean, they basically, list it yeah, as a TV exactly. movie. That's but a good it's, point. Yeah, yeah, it's a, good, that is a good shout. That is, yeah. Yeah. I've actually, I was actually subscribed to that service for a while, and this was oh, probably right. on it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, I watched a couple of other South African horror movies on it. But mm. um, this was probably, this must have been there at the time, and it's got quite a rubbishy looking poster, so I never really... That's probably why I didn't give it the time of day, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah Showmax is the is the show you can actually subscribe to it over here, yeah. uh, okay. and uh, you can actually do it on free trial if you wanted to watch this film, but not um, pay to uh, do the rental. You can you can do it as a free trial and just watch it the, uh, on there. But yeah, um, so a Showmax is original it, is how they present it. Yeah, exactly. is it Sorry, a free prime? Sorry, is it a free prime? Oh. It's not a free Prime. It's like a separate. It's a whole like uh, access it through a website thing. I just found it because it was somewhere where was, uh, there was a short film that I wanted to see, and it was only it was only available on there. So I ended up um, seeing it as as say as an aside. They don't have a. Uh, they are there are a few um, other things on there. Like uh, there was a horror film called Her Mask, which I watched, which was quite mm-hmm. interesting. But um, without meaning to sort of cut in on this, um, I will sort of just sort of say that. I think this is one of the best South African horror movies I've seen. And I haven't seen that many, but there was one called Slash mm-hmm. uh, quite a few years ago, which was basically uh, had Steve Ray was back in it. It was basically oh, yeah. shot in South Africa, but pretending to be America. And this is actually set in South Africa, which I thought, you know, added a lot to it. Uh, same as that her mask did. It was sort of um, based on the, you know, the, the cultural melting pot that is South Africa and sort of draw, mm-hmm. drawing stuff out of there. And, you know, you've got the different languages and, uh, it's, the, it's another uh, folk the, horror as well, you know. Folk horror the horror elements yeah. and the conflicts and stuff. So yeah, that's. Uh, um, so you you like um, what I thought? Sorry, I'm sort of no, you carry on, mate. this. Yeah, no, no, yeah. But not, what I thought was interesting is this has got elements of both the previous films that we were talking about. We've got the you know sort of the uh, the confident you know sexually kind of liberated uh, characters sort of in charge of their own you know sort of. Um, uh, destiny kind of thing that you know the the, uh, they're all like you say they're using drugs and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff yeah. and you know um uh, fluid sexuality and there's different stuff on display and whatever. it's very contemporary um uh and but i would say and there's other films that we've seen like that which i'll mention in a minute but what what i thought of this was when i was watching it i was like um and this might sound facetious a24 is the texas chainsaw massacre Mm-hmm. Because there was mm-hmm. a film called Bodies, 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 yeah. which was an A twenty four release, which had characters exactly like this, uh, and and a lot of the sort of partying stuff was the same. There was also that Shudder movie, The Seed, which kind of did the same thing as well, wasn't it? It was yeah. like the, these yeah, women yeah. that going going away, staying in a cabin, they're doing these drugs and stuff. Um, but yeah, so you got all these sort of elements with the characters who were quite, to be honest, pretty obnoxious characters, uh, and. Uh, they're getting, you know, they encounter this um, sort of cult group, uh, say a bit like in uh, *Summoning the Spirit*. Um, but the the character, but the the cult is quite, um, they're like they're quite like the Sawyer family from *Texas Chainsaw mm. Massacre*. There's there's one of the guys who, you know, one guy they you know bring in and they're sort of 
inviting him to the group and they're basically just laughing at him and stuff and then that doesn't work out very well for them and whatever but he's he's kind of the kind of the leather face of the of the film yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think there's sort of or a proto leather face inside one of the prequels or something. anyway i'm sure you can see where i'm coming from with this but the um but I thought it worked uh, really nicely. I thought the um, the look and the feel of the film as a whole, the cult stuff, um, all the you know the doll things that were sort of left around in sort of um, you know Blair Witchy kind of style and then sort of gooey and whatever the the old lady who it turns out is pregnant. <laughs> that was all pretty yeah. creepy stuff and whatever. And there's like the, you just thought they'd they'd run a mile <laughs> when they saw some of this stuff. Yeah. They were so sort of. Um, lost in their own sort of um you know there's, arrogance i guess yeah there's a lot of stuff like that isn't there um which is reminiscent of cabin in the woods yeah you know, um you know the, the one shot that's left you know is the, the the harbinger as they call him you know is sort of yes. the one guy there sort of saying you're all doomed and all the rest yes. you know that sort of stuff it's, it's, it's all in there um it's all standard stuff and like i yeah. say the um the um that sort of the fact that it's set in South Africa and you've got these actually South African characters and the Afrikaans speakers and the, the mixture of the language and the, and the sort of uh, say that the, the contemporary sort of diversity of the cast and, mm. and, and um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very modern version of a very, very familiar story. I, I think the, it does feel in, in spite of itself, it feels quite fresh. Yeah, which I think is which I think makes is quite. Um, I was really impressed by it. So I thought it was it had something really interesting going on in it. For me, the, the, a couple of observations. One is hmm. um, that okay, the characters themselves are arrogant and hmm. you know um, privileged and all the rest of it, but things happen so quickly, you can't really blame them for being particularly stupid. And, and in fact, we, when when there's like three of the girls together, um, they're actually quite smart. Uh, you know, they're, they're following a blood trail out in the woods, and, and they suddenly go, "Hang on a minute, no, this is a trap." They said back, you know. Yeah. Which, which well, there's also the drugs element, which makes them act yeah. stupid, and also uh, yeah. alters their perception about what's going on and things. Yeah. And, so there's that. different there's yeah. there's different elements at play, which especially which... when you realise that the you know the leather face guy that you mentioned was actually at the nightclub at the beginning as well or yeah. you know all that sort of stuff it sort of ties in quite nicely um yeah i, I agree i did i did kind of like this one i think there is a better version of this kind of film out there um yeah there's one in particular that i saw which was directed by the same woman who did witch hunt which which we all like oh okay yeah, um, yeah. she's got a film Great on film. shudder called headcount Okay, uh, um, yeah. that is really good, and it's it's got one particular moment of brilliant editing and makes you go, "What the fuck?" You know, it's it, it's the most innocuous scene ever, and all of a sudden it turns on a dime, and you think, "Shit," you know, it, it, which is great. Um, re really recommend that one. It's on Shudder called Headcount, but this is you know, it's fun. Um, there's there's a lot of characters to to whittle through. There's some. Um, pretty gruesome moments uh there's this whole thing about this um they're talking about this chemical that the brain makes on the on you know um yeah the, you know the point of death it sort of makes more and more of it because there's one particular scene you're going yeah you know, there's one particular scene which reminded me of um uh starship troopers 
mm-hmm. when, when Michael Ironside goes, they sucked his brains out, you know, <laughs> yeah. which um, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, I thought this was pretty competent. Um, it's, you know, a cast of relatively unknowns as far as, you know, Western audience is concerned. But yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah it, it certainly works. There's only one really moment where I thought, mm, God, you idiot. But, you know, the rest of it I thought was pretty smart. Um, well, there's also, I mean, like you're saying about the, the characters, one of them just all of a sudden out, uh, one of the female characters out of nowhere, she like becomes this, they like turn her into like the, mm. the badass of the group. You know, she's yeah, the yeah. ones all pulling out the weapons and whatever, which seems, and they're even there like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Yeah, and I thought the um the guy in who would be let's say, say the um uh and say I'll call him the leatherface sort of character mm-hmm. um the but not really the leather face. if if you were thinking about like who to liken him to um Bill Mosley from yes. Texas Chainsaw Two is yeah. not his chop top character but like a Bill he's like a Bill Mosley kind of. Yeah. Uh, the guy, the guy, he really character. reminded me of. Yeah. This is so outfield. He reminded me of one of the car park attendants from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> the what? The ones that borrow the Ferrari? Yeah, 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 yeah. Looking, yeah. That's what he reminded me of. Yeah, you know, speak English. Which country do you think you're in? <laughs> Great. Anyway, we're out uh, of the. Um, sorry, with there's a there's a thing they do with the victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, without going into it, I don't want to go into it because I think it'll spoil it a little bit. But I was just wondering, what did you think about that element and how that came into play? And I'm not know, what sure. They were doing I'm there. not sure if it all tied up. No, I'm it, not. You know, because you, you, you've got on the one hand that bit, and then you've got this sort of ritual on the other bit. Yeah. And it's it's you know the whole point of the ritual is you needed to kill two people in order to whatever's going on, and they kill like a whole bunch of people before the ritual. You think surely hang around for the ritual, you know? But no, um, yeah. So so I'm not sure that all tied together particularly well. Hmm. No, it seems seems a bit slack, a bit slack there. To be honest, I'm without hmm. point. Because that's that, there's a because obviously we get oh. the voiceover at the beginning. But then, by the time we get to the end, I'm like, "Isn't the hasn't something quite bad happened to this character?" Very who did the voiceover? Much so. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, "Well, how? Yeah. So how does that voiceover fit in?" I was, I was, yeah. I was a when bit thrown. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is kind of one of the issues I have with found footage films. It's like, how are we watching this this footage? How is it getting to us? You know, who who's edited it together? All the rest of it. Um, so yeah, you got this voiceover. At the beginning, as you say, by one of the characters, who let's say may not be around by the end of the film. Um, so, how are we listening to her thoughts, kind of thing? You know, mm. but who is she well, relating them to? Or maybe she's well, like on the radio, isn't it? Yeah. That's, again, that's another trope. Yeah. It's what, I mean, you know, to its credit, it is it is a film that isn't precious about its characters. You know, um, there are a couple of a couple of people who you kind of assume are going to be the heroes of the film, you know, the, the main protagonists. And um, let's just say you may want to back a different horse. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, again, it's, it's it's nothing particularly original, but it is well made and it is well put together. Um, and we, we did find it entertaining. So on that note, Steve, how are you going to score it? Um, 
I'll give it a six. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. And Rich? Yeah, I think a very solid seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is. Yeah, cool. I really liked it a lot. All right. And two sevens and a six for Rage. Go check it out. Our short chop this week is Indiana Jones versus Uncharted versus Tomb Raider Part 2. Following their adversarial previous adventure, the treasure hunting trio decide to team up to stop a troop of Russians from discovering an antique relic deep in the Peruvian jungle. Wow, is I think the main thing to say here. We really liked the original film. It was really well made. It was shot in... I believe Azerbaijan, one of those countries. Um, this looks like a shot in Peru um, or, or some South American country for sure, um, partly. Or at least they, they, they get some good sort of setting shots for it. Um, it's more expansive. We've got the same trio of characters, um, trio of actors playing the characters doing a good job without reminding us too much about Harrison Ford and Lara Croft and um, Angelina Jolie, for example. Um, But at the same time, it does sort of lean heavily into some of the tropes of the Indiana Jones films and, you know, bits and pieces of uh, Uncharted and uh, Tomb Raider. And it puts together a really decent adventure. I thoroughly love this. Steve, what did you make of it? Yeah, I did as well. I mean, to... I thought the actual production was brilliant. The production design was great. The camera work was great. Uh, to me, it looked like it had been shot in Hawaii. I've got this. It reminded me of Lost a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, where they're on the mountains mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, it was cracking. I've got no... But, I mean, some of the actors are a bit ropey. Like, the, the main Russian baddie, I thought, was a bit, a bit weak, to be fair, but... Apart from that, it, it looked fantastic, especially for, like I say, a short film. But it mm. looks as good as, you know, the originals. Yeah. I, I really I really did like the humour in this one, Rich, as well. Um, um, it, it leans into... Uh, there's a great bit where Indy's sort of going, we've got to stop that truck. And he said, stop that truck. And then the minute, you know, he's been chased by the truck going, stop the truck, stop the truck. <laughs> which, I thought, you know, which I think is um, it's a play on something which happens in Temple of Doom mm-hmm. um, as, as well. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, things like that were really good. Um, I believe like Nathan Drake's... Um, sort of dialogue was added afterwards and you know probably is some of the things he says in fights during the games you know um which is fine but yeah i thought the, the guy playing him was great i like the cockiness I, li- I liked um the hubris that comes with that cockiness and like oh shit moment thought was brilliant but the, i think they spoiled it a little bit because as soon as that happens um then you find out what the MacGuffin is, and you go, oh, right, okay, that's how they're going to afford to do that, sort of narratively. Uh, Rich, you curated this one. Um, obviously, we, you know, as I said, we all enjoyed the original, so this was a, a no-brainer to watch. Um, what, do you, what do you make of it? Uh, well, I thought, now, forgive me if I'm wrong, but the first part didn't have dialogue. Or didn't have much no, it dialogue. Did. It, well, it had a little bit because it set up um, what the dagger was, 
Yeah, uh, it, was, but it, was it was more about was the fighting, there. wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it, so yeah. It, was, it was. There wasn't much characterization of, no, of like. It was, it was the, playing on the actual characters so that you knew of them at the time. Yeah, but it was narrated by Lara Croft at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and then we had dialogue from. I think Indiana Jones only says that belongs in a museum or something like that. You know, he has one line. Um, yeah, but not much dialogue. This, this is much more expansive, um, probably because the three are collaborating together and working together, which is great. Yeah. You know, it sh- shows narrative growth. Um, plus, they've got a, a, a much bigger thing to solve. You know, originally there's three people scrapping over an antique dagger. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this one, you know, also ties into the first Raiders of the Lost Ark with the the idol um, and, and giving it a use. I, I thought all that was great. Um, yeah, the visual effects were really, really good on, on that score. Um, and, and yeah, the dialogue really works. Yeah, so this one is, um, I think, there's about a year, there's been, been about a year between the two. I mean, so there was a good recept- great reception for the first film. So and this is a uh, made by Devin Supertramp, fully funded fan mm-hmm. film, you know, for, um, you know, a non-for-profit kind of enterprise mm-hmm. uh, that they've all got together. And yeah, the first one was sort of an exercise of what if we put all these characters together and have them fight? Uh, and in this one, they're actually the, the same people or the same formers are all back, but they're trying to, you know, do a sort of a, more of a fleshed out story about double the running time. But this one's about 15 minutes compared to uh, eight minutes or so uh, previously. Um, and I think some of that works, some of it doesn't. But, you know, I admire the ambition of it. Uh, I think the what they're going for, that some of the uh, works and obviously the action and everything, and they've, they've added in uh, other characters, like they'd say the Nazi characters and, mm. and everything all works really nicely. I think the uh, some of the shortcomings in the in the presentation or the or the casting of of those of those particular roles sort of uh, falls down a little bit you know indiana jones is such an iconic character in in, in terms of his being played by i mean i know he's been played by various different people like um you know uh, river phoenix and um sean patrick flannery and stuff but mm-hmm. you know it's kind of the the harrison ford sort of approach is kind of what so the, the um the guy here is it doesn't quite work when he's trying to do, I mean, when he's running around in the costume, it's fine. But when he's trying to do all the line deliveries and everything, I just, I just don't think I that liked, works as no, well. I, I think. Yeah, I, I disagree. I, I, I liked him. I especially liked his voice because his voice carries like Harrison Ford's. Okay. Which, yeah. which I thought was that's good. He, he doesn't look like him. That's true. No, you know, well, I didn't uh, think he looked or sounded like it. I just think it, yeah. it didn't, it didn't, that, that part of it didn't quite work for me. I thought there's, the, there's um, a scene where, where he's out of his costume and, and then yeah. you, you know, he kind of gets lost in the film, you know, I think, but for, you know, when, when he's in costume, I think he's, um, yeah, I, th- I think he plays the role quite well. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. That's fair. I mean, for me, like the, the Nathan Drake is kind of like more of the unknown quantity. So mm. I don't have as much invested in him in terms of presentations of him. Yeah. You know, Tom Holland is basically the only one I know. Exactly. So that's yeah. not really a particularly high bar because <laughs> Tom Holland doing Uncharted was just, Tom Holland yeah. doing Uncharted, so it's not. It wasn't really like he was playing the. Actually, the Nathan Fillion one is is better. Yes, the uh, the is Uncharted fan film that Nathan much, Fillion yeah. did. Um, so yeah, I think um, where there's not so much baggage, I think that works better when you're doing this kind of thing. I thought the mm-hmm. um, uh, the pre- the version of Lara Croft here was pretty good, um, but yeah, it's really the fact that um, 
the way they've tied these characters together in a in a more fully rounded story, and it is fully rounded, um, you know, from beginning to an end to end. Uh, you know, it's, it's all touching on all the tropes and stuff. There's little callbacks and everything to, like you say, there's loads of references to to elements of each of the franchise, uh, each of the franchises. So, um, yeah, good step up. Uh, it's definitely a, a very interesting companion piece to the first one. You know, to to sort of try and go in a in a in a sort of a different direction. So repeat some of the same stuff. The first oh. one was made in Uzbekistan, by the way. I'm not Uzbekistan, sure not, not Azerbaijan. I'm, I'm not sure if that's where they return to for this one. Like I, I, I see what Steve's saying, and it, yeah, it does look a lot like the sort of lost <laughs> environments. Uh, so it could could quite well have been shot there. Um, but it's uh, it's got the, um, yeah, it's it 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 does all the and the, the sort of the the ref, like you know, there's that sort of get out thing at the end. Which mm-hmm. you know, because there comes a point in the story where it's like, well, hang on a minute, they've just done that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh no, yeah, exactly. Well, there's, there's, yeah. a, there's, there's the thing at the end. So, um, but it's all it's it's great fun. Um, it's really it's really well worth seeing. And you know, if this one does really well, who knows? We might end up with uh, with a third installment. The first one's had 1.6 million views so far. This one's up to as of recording, uh, 59,000. So, mm. still a way to go to catch up. Um, but if you know if they hit those similar kind of numbers, I'm sure they'll be eager to to sort of well, throw themselves into another adventure. I'll be honest, they're probably raking it in through the adverts. So I'm telling well, you, I don't know if I don't know if they can make money from adverts if it's a fan film. See, uh, maybe I think, not. I, thought, I think there's. I'm, I it's after 15 minutes. I had five adverts watching this. Yeah. Eh? Drove me insane. Ah, uh, see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's, it's it not could be that they surely they can make the money back. Yeah. 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 Well, so I don't know. I don't, this is sort of getting into territory I'm not really uh, sure about in terms yeah. of you know how much you can hmm. profit or, or or cover your costs. Let's say when you're making yeah. a fan film. I mean, I, th- I know that obviously uh, companies do uh, crowdfunding or whatever to get their money, but. And how you know how much somebody can keep an eye on that sort of thing, and you know, um, did you make did you make any money from our IPs and all that sort of stuff? I'm sure Paramount are keeping a very close eye. But but ostensibly, my understanding is that they that they probably wouldn't be. um, uh, You know, YouTube might be raking it in 1.6 million. You know, views people watching all these watching all their adverts, but um, Devon Superman might not be getting their money. I could be completely wrong. Maybe they are. Maybe they are getting the money, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting thing to find out. But uh, um, this is definitely one of the you know we've we've covered quite a few fan films, and this is definitely yeah. uh, a quite high end production. Uh, and, yeah, and um, I, I would I would recommend uh, you know there's actually not a lot of Indiana Jones stuff out there. There was one called Star Star Wars Origins, which tied together the Star mm-hmm. Wars and Indiana Jones universe. That was really that was big. That was really big. Um, that's that's that that's well worth seeing. That's okay. got um, Jamie Costa, I believe, in it. Who okay. we've um, uh, we've seen. He's, he did the Kenobi film. He played Ben, ben Kenobi yes. yeah. in that that, and I think he played Indiana Jones in the um, in that Star Wars, Star Wars Origins and stuff. But yeah, the, I think um, Tomb Raider. I would also say there's a there's a there's a very good um, there's a very good fan film out there. About two, two, I can't remember, remember what it was called now. Damn it! It was like it's like pre, it's like um, it's like Tomb Raider crossed with um, First Blood. 
or, or Commando or something. It's I, I wish I could remember the exact title of it. There was another it, one it, I remember covering ages ago, which was a feature-length um, fan film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's quite a Tomb Raider has got loads of fan films. Yeah. Uh, it's actually probably the, the most well, one of the most well represented uh, in the sort of fan film uh, field. But, uh, you know, this, what Devin Supertramp's doing, and he's, you know, got loads of other uh, fan film productions that he's done. But I think what they've done here with this sort of crossover approach um, uh, has really sort of marked it out. It's quite different. And as well as the fact that, you know, they've got really skilled performers to to yep. do all the action and, and, you know, and these are sort of some people in that who's, who are playing these roles so mm. they can do it all themselves. And, you know, it's, um, it's it sort of raises, raises the bar, I think. And, uh, you know, it's, it, you, you can't go in expecting that you're going to see the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider or the, or, or whatever, you know, this is not blockbuster stuff for YouTube video kind of stuff. It's very I mean, ambitious. It's lo- it's very loads, well of suns, loads of special effects going on in here. Mm. I, I thought it worked yeah. really well. Okay. So we don't score the shorts, but we certainly recommend you check them out. Um, you will find a link to this in the footnotes below. Go check it out. <laughs> Our DTV throwback this week is Splinter. Trapped in an isolated gas station by a voracious parasite that transforms its still-living victims into deadly hosts, a young couple and an escaped convict must find a way to work together to survive this primal terror. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is uh, came out in... 2008. 2008, directed by Toby Wilkins. Starring Shea Wiggum, who can be seen currently in Mission Impossible, um, plays one of the agents who's after Ethan Hunt. Um, also starring Jill Wagner. Um, Jill Wagner was in the Blade TV series. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know if any of you saw that. Um, but also, she was the one of the present presenters on the American version of Wipeout. Oh right, um, just, right. Just a weird thing. So, so if you ever saw, saw that on she was... TV, yeah, I saw she was. Um, I thought I'm guessing Jason Momoa's wife in Braven because she's listed mm. as Stephanie Braven. Yeah. So, and she's also in the new series on on is it Apple or Paramount called Lioness? Paramount. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw she was in the cast of that. Yeah. yeah, she's in that as well. So, yeah, so we got a good cast here. Uh, Cher Wagon plays this uh, very twitchy um, sort of convict who sort of with, with his even twitchier girlfriend um, sort of uh, do a card napping, sort of, um, carjacking even of this young couple. Um, and things go to shit pretty quick when, when they get to this gas station. And it turns out the attendant has um, fallen victim to this parasite. Uh, definite shades of the thing here, um, yeah. but some really, really good sort of body horror um, transformations and all sorts going on. Um, I, I really like this one, I must admit. Uh, Steve, over to you. Yeah, I thought it was great. Really, really enjoyed this. I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't looking forward to it. As you know, mm. I'm not you're not, not okay. a very big go hound and stuff like that. Mm. But it's not too in your face. It's mm. again, I think it's a technique to, you know, 
boost the boost the, the budget where it's, it's quite shaky cam you can't really see mm. the monster or yeah, I think things happen quickly. It's edited in a very sort of yeah. quick style, isn't it? But but at yeah, the same exactly. time, you know, you, you're you left know. in no doubt what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I must admit, I thought Shay Wigan was absolutely brilliant in this. Like I said, mainly, I know if like, uh, like bit parts in Joker and yeah. um, Death Note, things like that, and, you know, as a bit of a character actor, but to me, he's the lead in this and he steps up to the plate and it's the most, well, best performance I've seen him give, to be fair. I mm. thought he was absolutely cracking in this. Really good. And even the two, like, younger kids, they're great. Mm. Uh, but it's, I mean, again, it's, you know, it's one location. It's not massive spread out or anything like that. But the way they do it, it works. It works really well. Um, like especially when like the sheriff turns up like halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that was handled really well, and how the you know, escape and stuff like that. I just like, I just overall, I was really, really enjoyed it. To be fair, that was great. Oh, that was great. Um, Rich, had you seen Splinter before? I saw it when it came out. Mm. Um, I remember at the time there was a there was a lot of buzz about it. Yeah, uh, I think it probably did fright fest and all that sort of stuff. And, and uh, it was, it was, it. I remember enjoying it back then. I think, I think what's what I take away from it most from from uh, seeing it again is how how it hasn't dated at all. Mm. I mean, it, it looks like it. It looks like it was just made. You know, it's like it doesn't really feel like it's dated at all. Sorry. Yeah. <coughs> no, um, the um, well, again, I think that, that's probably because a lot of it seems to be practical. Yeah, but also and also the sort of the look and the feel and you know the it doesn't feel there's no there's nothing really you know how we talked to, yeah. well we talked yeah. in this episode about sort of films that are quite self consciously of their time yes. you know they're mentioning yeah. things or you know things are referenced and stuff and um, this one doesn't really do any of that and the fact that they're not you maybe using the most latest mobile phone or an old you know it doesn't it's not really a feature <coughs> sorry coughing the um it's a fantastic exercise in tension because the the whole film is completely tense um there's never yeah. there's no there's not a, a moment of sort of slack in it I, i'd pretty much say it's pretty much a near flawless film uh the um the concept of it is like you say some i mean the under siege in an environment kind of mm -hmm. setup is you know we've seen it in dust till dawn we've seen it in feast we've seen you know versions of yeah. it all over the place. Um, this version, I mean, the, the from Dusk Till Dawn actually is a, is a is a is a good comparison because that was another one where, you know, uh, two two sets of you know you got the criminals who, who take the the other people hostage and then they all end up in the situation together. It's like yeah. basically yeah. the same kind of setup here. Um, Paolo Costanzo is is sort of one one of the um, is sort of the guy in the in the couple with Jill Wagner. Uh, he was quite hot at the time uh he you know he was doing things like road trip and things um mm. prior to this <clears throat> um he's still around doing quite quite a few bits but as I, he did a lot of comedy basically so there's a bit of the comedy he brings a bit of the comedy in it as well um but the uh, to sort of uh add a little bit of levity to some of the scenes because it is quite gruesome 
mm. what's happening you know from the introduction of you know when the parasite and whatever is introduced and all the sort of twists and turns of the the thingness of it mm. you know when it starts pulling bits of itself together and all that sort of stuff it's all uh, really well done and you know very unpredictable yeah the shaky cam thing i think yeah he's doing a couple of things there i don't it's not my favorite part of it but i understand i think i do see what they're trying to go for it's trying to i think one of the things is just to try and keep it really mysterious and unsettling of what yeah. the hell yeah. is this thing you know we've we've watched um uh, a few um sort of virus or, or creature you know like yeah. um the thor we watched um that, that that the thing with val kilmer a couple of weeks ago and sea fever and different things like that yeah, yeah. um this is kind of encroaching on similar territory. There's a little bit at the beginning where they say, they show a sign where there's basically, oh, there's been an experiment going on. And, you know, that's yeah. kind of, it's all a bit of a George Romero-ish kind of, kind of setup. Um, say so there's elements of the zombie movie and, you know, there's that whole, oh, I've got a scratch or whatever. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep it hidden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it's following all the, lot of familiar tropes and stuff over its um, 90 minutes, but it's, um, yeah, so it's 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 really really good. Um, it's it's made by um, say uh, Br- uh, British filmmaker Toby Wilkins, yeah, who's gone on to. Uh, funnily enough, I don't. I mean, he's gone on to do some a lot of TV, um, but he did The Grudge Three, which was the DTV hmm. uh, third film uh, for the, after this. On the back of this, basically, got The Grudge Three, which I didn't. I think sort of came and went. People didn't really pay much attention to it. I'm, I'm more inclined to give it another shot now. I didn't think it was that good mm-hmm. at the time, but maybe I'll watch it again. But yeah, as I, I look at his filmography and I think it, it never really, it, it seems like he never got the big break that he should have Yeah, off the back after of this. this. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, seriously, this, this is so good. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like he got buried in sort of TV land. It's like mm-hmm. the, the, the um, I mean, actually he did a Tales from the Grudge Thing in 2006 as well so maybe that's why he got the grudge tree but mm-hmm. um the yeah i mean he's yeah he's um really really good filmmaker um the the setting and the way it's shot and the, you know adding the, the you know the little bit of pyrotechnics in there and stuff it's i can't really praise this film enough really yes yeah, it's, it's well worth seeing one of one of the uh, writers of this a guy called kai barry mm. um I, I interviewed him quite oh, a while right ago. okay um because he, he made he directed his own film called um final girl not not to be confused with the final girls yeah um but but he, no no sorry wrong one he did a film called the operative also known as rogue agent rogue agent yeah but that is uh, yeah. that is a really good film it is a really good spy thriller um i got confused a minute with 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 another guy but um this particular one if you get a chance to see it, I, I highly recommend it. Um, it. It's about this guy who's he's like a new operative sort of sent to, um, I think, Berlin or something. And he's he's the guy on the headphones sort of listening to what's going on and, you know, making a recording of it all. And his team gets wiped out, basically. And he's got to try and figure out what happened just from the, the you know, the, the recording, the, mm-hmm. the sound recording. Um it is really good. I thoroughly recommend it. If you can, if you can, I think it might be on. I've, I've been sort of circled that film, yeah, for years, and I've, 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 it sort of comes and goes on some of the services and stuff. I really should make time to, yeah, to watch no, it the next time you come across it. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. That is, um, yeah, um, 
rogue agent or, or the operative is slowing us. But yeah, really interesting sort of guy to talk to, Kyber Kybari, for sure. Um, but yeah, this this is a cracking film. I thoroughly recommend it. Um, it's available on at least one free to view service or on Plex, probably elsewhere as well. Uh, as we said, it's, it's been on around Prime or Freebie or something yeah, as well, most, most likely. Um, but definitely worth checking out, even with the adverts. Um, yeah, we we thoroughly recommend it. That is Splinter. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to everyone uh, for taking part. Thanks to Rich and Steve for watching these films this week. Um, unfortunately, I did get a chance to see all of Summoning the Spirit. I may have to try and fix that this weekend. Um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Should I still call it Twitter? I don't feel like calling it X. It's Twitter. It's fucking Twitter. It's still it's still Twitter at the moment, but it's, it's kind of having an identity crisis. I, think. I know. I, I did a refresh on my computer screen the other day, and it, it you know the the um, the emblem changed from the bird to the X. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but you can still find us there at the DTV Digest, and also the short shots uh, where Rich puts a new short on every evening around about eight o'clock. Oh, Apart from uh, recently, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus <laughs> because of summer holidays, uh, so there is a little bit of a dead spot, but hopefully yeah. by the time you're listening to this... It's plenty we'll there. How, how, many, how many have we got on there now? About three. We've got well over 800 films. On 800 there. films. There you go. Crazy. Easy. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.